Welcome to FBC. It's so good to see all of you today. If you're new here, I just want to tell you that I'm not the pastor. My name is Joe Andrews. I'm the campus pastor here. I am so glad to be here. This is my favorite thing to do, to get up here and share the word of God uh, with God's people. And so that's exactly what I hope happens today. I hope that you hear God's word and I hope that you make adjustments in your life the ones that he wants you to make, and I hope you respond to the message just the way that he wants you to do that. Now, some of you I know don't know me. Um, just to give you a quick recap of who I am, I'm, I'm Joe Andrews. I'm 42 years old. I've been campus pastor. I know, that's sad. 42 years old. I had to say it. I had to say it. This, this is like one of my 12 steps, to get up here and say these things so I start accepting them. Uh, I'm 42 years old. I've been on staff here almost six years now. Uh, I absolutely love uh, my job here. I love hiking. I love swimming. I love long walks on the beach in Las Cruces. Uh, I love cuddling up next to a nice warm fire. Um, now, it sounds like that's a dating profile, but I've been married for 17 years. I have four kids, uh, and I'm just excited uh, to be a part of what God is doing here in Las Cruces through FBC. I hope uh, that you're also excited about that as well. Well, we're going to start a four-week series right now today on the life of Peter, and it's called Peter More Human Than Human. Now, if you're like me, you grew up in the 90s, and there was a song by White Zombie. Uh, no one has ever said that that band's name from a stage in a church anywhere ever. Uh, that's not why I wanted to name this series More Human Than Human. It actually comes from a movie from the 1980s. And in the movie, these robots uh, start to become kind of human and they start experiencing what their life is as kind of more than human. They, they start living life more intensely than humans, and they start living life more purposefully than humans, and somebody in the human says it's like they're more human than, than actual humans, and so that's actually where I'm going. I, I'm not trying to convince you that Peter was a robot, okay? I'd have to bring a lot of proof with me if I was trying to do that, but here's what I think about Peter. Peter lived life in a way that is so intense, much more than you and I and anyone else kind of experienced, and he also lived life with such purpose, so much purpose that it kind of puts all of us to shame. And there's one reason, uh, one other reason that I named this more human than human. And it's because I think a lot of the time in scripture, when we get into the word, we, we begin to lift up the people in scripture on these pedestals. And, and rightly so. I mean, they are faith giants, but I think sometimes they kind of lose their humanity and they just become, become these like superhumans to us. And I think Peter helps us get back to what humanity really is because Peter was just an ordinary man. In fact, all of the men in scripture except Jesus Christ were ordinary, flawed men. But sometimes we just have them up in our, in our minds so high that we can never be and do anything like they could uh, do and we can't be what they can be. And Peter, I really think, reminds us that God can use ordinary and flawed people. And that's what I want you to see today. Through this whole series, actually, the next four weeks, I hope that you would see that God can use ordinary, flawed humans to accomplish his will. I hope that as we're going through this series, you can think, man, Peter had some great success, but he also had some pretty big failures. Peter was a really good man, but he also was a sinner. 
hopefully you can relate to that. And hopefully as you see how God uses Peter in an extraordinary way, even though that Peter was ordinary and flawed, you would begin to think, God can also use me. I love reading uh, about Peter. I absolutely love it. Um, Today's message is called Peter Follows Jesus, and that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at how Peter followed Jesus. Actually, we're going to look at how Jesus met Peter, and then we're going to look at how Jesus followed Peter. And uh, I love reading about Peter, because every time I read about Peter, I think, man, this is somebody I can identify with. I can identify with having a little success in my life, but I can also really relate to having some big failure in my life. I can relate to thinking I have everything together and then saying the wrong thing. I can, I can relate to a guy who on the surface looks so ordinary and human, but God did something amazing with that man. I love Uh, I love Peter. He's probably outside of Christ in Scripture. He is my favorite uh, character in in the Bible. Now, if you read anything about Peter, you're going to hear how Peter was rash, how he was impetuous, how he would just do whatever he wanted to do. And you're going to hear that he had a temper. And you're going to hear that he was maybe prone to violence. Okay, well, that was just one instance when Jesus got arrested. He pulled out his sword. He cut the ear off of somebody. If you want to call that prone to violence, go ahead. All right, that's fine. Jesus healed that guy right away. I mean, he picked up the ear and he was like, here. Did you get that? That was, I worked on that one a long time. I, wor- <laughs> I worked on that one a long time. But he was impulsive, impulsive and you'll read that he was reckless. You'll read so many things, but you know what you'll also read about Peter? You'll read about his great faith. What an amazing faith that this man had. You'll also hear that he was the voice of the disciples. He was the one that would speak up, maybe say everything that everybody else was thinking. Sometimes he would say the right thing. Sometimes he would say the wrong thing. You've heard him called a disciple because he was. You've heard him called apostle. You've heard him called missionary to the Jews. This is the Peter that we're going to be talking about today. An amazing man. If you want to just, I kind of want to just fill you in on a little bit of his life before we get into everything and before we get into the series, really. Know that Peter was a fisherman, just an ordinary fisherman, all right? Jesus decided to call an ordinary fisherman, and he would fish with his brother Andrew, and he would fish with James and John, who would also become disciples, and uh, they would provide for themselves this way and, their, and for their families. And so Peter would catch fish, and he would go sell the fish, and he would use that money to take care of his wife and his mother-in-law, and, uh, and Peter would see, uh, would see a lot of profit, and this is how he made his living, Peter was also one of the 12 disciples. I know you know that, but even within the 12, he was in this inner circle of disciples. These three disciples, Peter, James, and John, who were especially close to Jesus. They got to see a little more. They got to hear a little bit more. And you could just kind of picture them as Jesus' best friends, the one that he was investing in even more than the other 12. He saw so many miracles of Jesus he saw Jesus heal blind people. He, he saw Jesus heal lame people. He saw Jesus cast demons out of people. In fact, one time, Jesus came into Peter's house and healed his mother-in-law. And right after that, Peter said, why would you do that? Why would you heal a mother-in-law? This is 
We're, no. He loved his mother-in-law. <laughs> and he was so glad that she was alive, but he got to see some of these things. You know, Peter is the only other person that ever walked on water. We always talk about Jesus walking on the water. We don't ever usually talk about Peter walking on the water because of his great faith. Peter also denied Jesus three times, not just once. It's kind of a stain on his record, but he was also forgiven for that, and he was restored after it. Probably the crowning achievement in Peter's life was, was the day that he preached, and 3,000 people accepted Christ and were added to the church that day. Peter also wrote two books in, our, in your Bible, first and second Peter. That's a big surprise. <laughs> Peter was an amazing, amazing man. And I don't want to lift him up so far to say, you know what, he, he's so much unlike us. No, I want, I want us to see ourselves in Peter as we go through this. But what, what could have happened between fishermen and him preaching this sermon where 3,000 people are added to the church? What could have happened? And this is where it starts. This is where it starts today. All right, we're going to look at where it started, and we're going to look in John 1, 40 through 42. All right, so if you want to go there with me, you can, or you can look up here on the screen. A little context before we dive right into this. John the Baptist is standing with a few of his disciples, and he sees Jesus walk by. And as he sees Jesus walk by, he points to Jesus, and he says to his disciples, there is the Lamb of God, the one that takes away the sin of of the world. And that's where we pick up right here. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus. So as soon as John said that, they left John the Baptist and they started following Jesus. One of them who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, the, the Peter that we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks. He first found his own brother Simon and he said to him, We have found the Messiah which means Christ. And so here's, here's what happened. Andrew sees Jesus. John the Baptist says, that's the Lamb of God. Andrew goes and follows, but he says, no, no, no. Somebody else has to come with me. I gotta go tell my brother about the Lamb of God. He's here. The Messiah is here. Now, his idea of Messiah would have been a little bit different. He was waiting for somebody to really crush the Romans and establish a Jewish kingdom. All right, so he, he was, his thinking was still probably a little off, but it didn't matter. He was the Messiah, no matter what he would do, and, and Andrew was willing to follow him. And so he went and he got his brother, Peter, and he talks about him being the Messiah, and the, and the word Christ means that he's God's anointed, all right, the anointed one who will bring God's kingdom to earth, and then it goes on. He brought him to Jesus. Andrew brought Peter to Jesus, and Jesus looked at him and he said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, all right? All right, which means Peter. Um, here's what you need to know right away. Jesus changed Peter's name at their first meeting. I mean, Andrew was like, hey, why don't you come and meet the Messiah? Let's go over here. And then Jesus changes his name. I'm thinking Andrew was like, I was not expecting this. I wasn't expecting him to change your name. I guess I'll never call you Simon again. I guess now I'm going to call you Cephas or, or Petros would be the Greek. Peter is the English. What it means though is rock or stone or bolder, okay? And Jesus changes his name right then and there. Don't you wish 
you had that power when you, met, when you meet somebody? Maybe you could give them a name that's a little more fitting for them. Could you imagine me in five and a half years ago in my very first staff meeting? I come to staff and I'm like, hi, everybody. I'm, I'm Joe Andrews. Uh, and somebody else, somebody stands up. Hey, I'm, and I'll be, you shall be called sleepy. All right, because you look a little tired. All right, and, and you, you shall be called happy because you have that smile on your face and you, you shall be called bashful because you're, you, seem, you seem a little bit shy and you, you should be called sneezy. It's all the allergies that you have and you, you shall be called grumpy because you're a little bit grumpy. And I, I shall be called fired after that joke. <sighs> Peter has his name changed by Jesus. And the new name means solid, unmoving, and unshakable. Peter would become foundational in the church being started on earth. He, has, he had been for his whole life Simon, the son of John, but now he's not. He's Peter. He's the rock. God is going to use him to begin to build his church on earth, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Now, Peter didn't understand all of that. All he knew was he got a new name. And I don't know if you've ever noticed, but God does this in Scripture, doesn't he? He changes people's names. We saw it with Saul. We saw it with uh, Abram. We saw it uh, with Jacob. God changes names. Isn't this cool? Jesus changes somebody's name. I think that also harkens back to the fact, hey, he's God. He has authority. So now that Peter has met Jesus, had his name changed, here's what I want you to see from today's message. Peter's example of following Jesus should inspire you in following Jesus. As we go through today's message, I hope that you see how Peter responded to Jesus, and I hope something begins to well up in you and well up so much that you decide to follow Jesus just like Peter. No matter where you are in your walk, you can continue following Jesus or you can start following Jesus. And that's what I hope that you would see today. We're going to now flip over to Luke 5, all right? This is the next thing that happened in Peter's life as it concerns Jesus. First, he met Jesus. Now he is going to follow Jesus. Here's the next thing that happened. If you go over to Luke 5, we're going to read verses 1 through 7. And here's what I want you to see before we begin there. Peter began following Jesus through obedience. All right. Peter began following Jesus by obeying Jesus. This is Luke 5 verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. That's the sea on the Sea of Galilee. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and they were washing their nets. This is Jesus goes in uh, and he's walking along. Go ahead to the next one. Getting into one of the boats, Jesus, Jesus getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land and he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. Now that was a common position for teachers to take. They would sit when they would teach. It was actually a position of authority. Now the position of authority is standing on a stage. It would be pretty weird if I went ahead and sat on the carpet right now and I was teaching, but that's just a cultural difference. And so uh, Jesus gets into Peter's boat and he says, why don't you push out a little bit? Uh, and then this is verse four. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, so now Jesus is done teaching. He says to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Let's go to verse five. And Simon answered, master, 
We toiled all night and we took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. You see? Do you see his obedience? I've worked all night long. I'm a fisherman. I know when to fish. Now is not the time to fish. This is probably nearing midday. Now is not the time to fish, Jesus, but if you say so, I'll do it. And when they had done this, they'd let down their nets. They enclosed a large number of fish. That's Peter and everybody who was with them, and their nets were breaking. And they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. There's too many fish. And they came and they filled both of the boats, so much so that they both began to sink. Now, Jesus knew he was about to perform a miracle. Peter had no idea. He's like, listen, man, the fish, the fish they, they beat me last night. Those fish, they beat me, all right? They have one point. I have zero. I came home with zero fish after fishing all night long. And Jesus says, well, why don't you and your, your guys just throw out the nets? And he says, okay, master, I will. And the word for master that he uses here is actually just more of a human term. Someone just in authority, but another human in authority over you, maybe like a leader or a guide or something like that. This word master kind of has that, that meaning uh, hung to it. And he says, okay, master, I, I recognize you changed my name. Uh, so I'm good with you. I already know you since you say this and you're my master, that's, that's what I'm going to do. And so they throw out the nets and there is such a large catch that he has to call over other people to help get all of the fish into the boat. I love how, even though it seemed absurd to Peter, he still wanted to obey Jesus. All right. I fished all night, but you say do this, I'll just do it. I'll just obey. We see in him this wonderful obedience. And after that catch comes into the boat, after it's so heavy and the boat just starts sinking more and more in the water, and maybe a little bit of water starts coming over the edges, Peter realizes exactly who is in the boat with him. So here's the next thing I want you to see, and this is going to be in verse 8. But when Peter realized who Jesus was, he realized also who he was. So let's go to verse 8 now. When Simon Peter saw it, when he saw this miracle, when he saw this catch of fish, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. This catch of fish was so significant that Peter realized this is, this is no ordinary man in my boat now. This is someone else. And he changes his word that he used. He doesn't call Jesus master anymore. You know what he calls him? He calls him Lord. Depart from me, O Lord. Now the word for Lord is a term that was used for God. And so Peter knew exactly what he was saying and you can see Peter actually places his faith in Jesus in this very moment. It's beautiful. And this miraculous catch of fish let him see who Jesus was, but it also did something else in Peter. It made him think about who he was. And I guarantee you when he was on the shore mending his nets earlier, he wasn't contemplating what a sinful man he was. But you know what made him start thinking about that? This huge miracle of two boats full of fish. And he sees that and he says, you're God. Oh, I am a sinner. 
He says, depart from me, get, get away from me. Now, had Jesus done that, he would have had to dive into the lake. He did not do that. That's not what Peter was getting at, though. It wasn't just get away from me. He says, you are so good, you are so holy. You are someone who can cause miracles. I am just a lowly, lowly sinner. How could someone like you be in the same boat as someone like me? And it was this realization that Peter had that spurred him on to what happens next. He prostrates himself before Jesus. Now that doesn't mean that he just fell to his knees. It actually means that he fell to his knees and then he fell to his face, palms down on the ground. You know why? Because he knew who was in the boat with him. It wasn't just a master, it was the Lord. And because the Lord was in the boat, he knew that he was a sinner and the Lord was so not a sinner. And he prostrated himself inside the boat, maybe on top of fish, all right, in worship to God. And it was an incredible event. It's in this moment where you can see Peter's faith and who Jesus was, and you can see this expression of repentance. Depart from me, O Lord. My faith is in you because you're my Lord, for I am a sinner. And there's this expression of repentance. And so here we have the conversion of Peter. What a beautiful, beautiful story it is. And I hope that it would inspire you. Something would well up in you so that you would follow Jesus just like Peter did. Here's the next thing that I want you to see. And this is in verses 9 and 10. That Jesus gave Peter purpose. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. We can also assume that Andrew, his brother, was there. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. Jesus says, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to be catching men. And uh, every now and then, Jack, my youngest son, will blow his trombone in my house. And do you know what my dog Jane does? She's a little boxer. Every time he blows that trombone, my dog goes, <laughs> and it's, it's about the cutest thing I've ever seen, but I'm picturing Peter prostrate in the boat, bowing down to Jesus, and Jesus saying, do not fear, which is something that usually angels would say because they would, when somebody would see an angel, they'd be really scared. They would say, do not be afraid. Now this is God in the boat saying, Peter, just don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to be catching men. And I'm picturing Peter like, what does that even mean? What is catching men? Nobody's ever heard of catching men before. He might've thought catching women sounds cool, uh, but that's not what Jesus said. He said, catching Men, well, what Peter didn't realize is this whole thing was an object lesson. Peter, for his whole life, had been a fisher of fish. And Peter from now on, or, or Cephas from now on, with the name change, is now going to be a, a catcher of men. He's going to begin fishing men. Now, he still didn't know what this meant. You and I know that Peter would later just rake in people to the kingdom of God. And it was a beautiful thing. And this whole thing was an object lesson. Did you see how many fish you just fished, Peter? Imagine how many men you will usher into the kingdom of God. He didn't understand it all then, but we can see it now. And God did an amazing, amazing thing through Peter. 
the fisher of men. In fact, it was 50 days after the resurrection when Peter would stand up and preach to a huge crowd and 3,000 people would be ushered into the kingdom. Isn't that a beautiful picture? He lived up to what Jesus said he would live up to. And here we are teaching about Peter right now. Guess what? Peter's influence is still continuing. Guess what? Peter is still raking them in to the kingdom of God. And I hope that Peter's story and how he followed Christ would at least touch someone in here that says, you know what? I got to follow Jesus just like Peter did. And Peter will be instrumental maybe in bringing you to faith as well. Here's the next thing that I want you to see, and this is verse 11. Peter left everything to follow Jesus. This is verse 11. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and they followed him. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Everything means everything. Everything means the largest catch that they've ever seen in their lives. It means as soon as that boat got to shore and Jesus got out, they were going with him. That word follow, it doesn't mean just like walk behind somebody. It means become a disciple. This is where Peter became a disciple. And so did James and John, sons of Zebedee. And so did Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. They all decided to leave everything. Peter decided, you know what? I've been a fisher of fish long enough. Whatever fisher of men is, that's where I am now. I'm leaving my nets that I was just mending. I'm leaving my boat. I'm leaving my livelihood. I'm leaving, I'm leaving the largest catch of fish that I've ever seen in my life. And he leaves and he follows Jesus. I think that Peter's life is a wonderful example for you and for me. So I wanna kind of bring all this home. How does all the, of this affect you and me? What are we supposed to do with all of this information? So I wanna show you four things that I think will help you in your life and help you follow Jesus maybe a little more closely like you would like to. So here's the first one. Obedience is key to following Jesus. Didn't you see Peter be obedient to Jesus even when Jesus was kind of asking something really weird for a fisherman to do? Why don't you fish in the middle of the day? after you fished all night and caught nothing. That doesn't seem really prudent, does it? But he obeyed anyway. I don't know if you've ever thought of this, but Jesus said, follow me to so many different people in scripture. Do you know he wants the same thing now? He just wants you to follow him. He wants you to be his disciple. And obedience would be the first way to do that. So if Jesus is saying, follow me, just to be obedient, we could say, Yes, I will follow you. Here's the next thing that I want you to see. A true realization of who Jesus is will lead us right back to who we really are. All right, when you see Jesus for who Jesus is, and the pastor did an awesome job showing us who Jesus was for the last five weeks. When we see who Jesus is, it leads us right back to thinking who we are. And like Peter will say, God, just, I don't deserve to be in the same boat with you. I'm such a sinner and I need your grace and I need your mercy. And without it, we cannot be near each other. When we realize that we're sinners, it just elevates who Christ is in our minds and in our hearts. 
Here's the next thing that I want you to see. One of the purposes of your life is to lead others to Jesus. Jesus gave Peter purpose. He said, you will be a fisher of men. You're going to usher people into the kingdom. I say this all the time. I, I preached about it not too long ago. You had two purposes in life. To know God. That's just like following God, right? Follow God and make God known. Become a fisher of men. Lead people to know the Lord. It's one of your purposes. Even if you're not a believer yet, it is still one of God's purposes over all of humanity that they should know him and that they should make him known. So hopefully you will follow him and become fishers of men. Here's the last thing that I want to show you today. It's time for you to start, to continue, or to restart following Jesus today. It's time for you today, right now in this moment, to start, to continue, or to restart following Jesus. Maybe some of you have never made that decision that Peter made on the boat that day. Maybe you've never decided to follow Jesus. Maybe you don't even know what it is. It's just like what Peter expressed, his faith and repentance towards God. You call out to the Lord, save me, and he will save you. And so for some of you that don't know Christ already, start today. Probably the vast majority of you in here are already believers. What I want to say to you is press into it. Lean in to knowing and following God even more. Make that decision. Don't get slack in your relationship with God. Don't start becoming lazy and seeking and following after him. And then there's another group of people in here. This is the people who used to follow Jesus. But for some reason or another, something happened in your life and you've decided, yeah, I don't know if it's, it's for me anymore. I'm not sure. But maybe I'll go back to church one time and I'll, I'll try it out. Today is the perfect day to restart following Jesus like Peter did. Can you look at Peter's life? Can you see it with me? Can you be filled with this desire just to know and follow Christ more. I hope, I hope that you can. In just a minute, we're gonna have an invitation. If you are looking for a church to join, you can join this church. If, if you're just looking to, to start your relationship with the Lord, maybe come and talk to one of us pastors. If you're looking to continue that and you need to talk to somebody, come and talk with us. If you've left Jesus and you've stopped following, from, following him for one reason or another, Restart it today. Come and talk with one of us. Have one of us pray with you. Whatever it is that the Lord is leading you to do through this message, I pray that you would do it. Let's go to him in prayer. Dear God, we love you so very much. Oh, we thank you for examples like Peter. Peter who was ordinary and flawed just like me ordinary and flawed, just like each and every one of us here today. We thank you that you could do something amazing with him, and that gives us hope that as we follow you, you will do something with us as well. God, it's our prayer that you would. Would you please move in our lives and move in our hearts now? In Jesus' name, amen.